Hello and welcome to The Double Life. I'm John Boozdar, and this is episode eight. This week I sat down with Corbin Randall, an aspiring musician whose love for the art form stems from a very young age. Someone who thinks about music the second he wakes up to the minute he goes to bed. And someone who's loved it since the day he was born, who grew up in a musical household and had multiple opportunities to get into the game. But, you know, stay true to his guns and stay true to who he is as an artist. And we're all very grateful that he did. Enjoy my conversation with the very talented Mr. Corbin Randall. It's been all around me. Um, actually, like my, um, actually just recently visited my grandparents and um, they gave me uh, this like um, musical sheet that my great grandfather was like published. So like, like, so my great grandfather, he did a bunch of composing Wow. my yeah my grandpa sang and my everyone in my family plays an instrument um, so you grew so, up with that it's always been like a, it wasn't yeah. like a black sheep kind of thing you know like the creative or the artist in the family you weren't like oh this is weird I feel like the outcast it was totally accepted and yeah. normal yeah it really was so like my my parents had us like take lessons like my eldest sister learned piano and then the one above me uh, in the middle learned guitar, and then I learned drums uh, in junior high. Or no, earlier, fifth grade, I started taking drum lessons. Nice. So, yeah, Why drums? Why did you pick drums? Um, I don't really know, actually. It kind of just, I think uh, that was like kind of the only one left in my brain. Like if they were playing that, yeah, you know. You wanted to do something <laughs> I guess I could have played bass technically, you know, no no disrespect to bass because bass is amazing, but sure. <laughs> no, bass uh drums was like the first thing that just popped in my mind. Also the the person that uh taught me um went to my church at the time and he was like an amazing drummer. So I was like, you know, excited for that opportunity. Sure. That's cool but, though. Yeah. I mean, I think that definitely makes sense for like the foundation of you wanting to make beats later on is that you already right. had that understanding and that basic like musical knowledge mm-hmm. that I think really differentiates a lot of people because I totally get, you know, that period of time when that was like the thing to do, you know, at least within like a lot of social circles was like the person that makes beats or like making yeah. beats was like the thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember like totally. me and like tons of other people like attempted to do it. But if you don't understand the basic principles of like, timing and structure of music and predominantly mm-hmm. the drums when it comes to making a beat is like the foundation and the most important part like if you don't understand like where the bass and the snare and the hi-hat like those fall into line as far as timing is concerned it's really difficult so yeah for you was it you went from drumming and then almost went to a digital thing and you're like oh i already know yeah. this isn't difficult yeah, and so I, yeah, exactly. Around that time, started messing with the like the DAWs or whatever, which is you know GarageBand or Logic. But then also around then, I started to learn uh, guitar and just kind of taught myself. Yeah, that one was kind of fun. I, because um, my dad is a great guitarist, and I was like, hey, can you like teach me guitar? And he's like, well, I uh, literally would just. He's like, I, it's like go ahead and put the radio on and just play along with it, because that's how I learned to play guitar. <laughs> really wow (laughs) and so i was like all right so that's how i taught myself guitar and so it literally was just sitting there playing songs figuring out the scales just purely by ear until i finally knew all the scales and then from there i started to teach myself all the different like licks and like how like people would solo you know with like sliding hammer on pull off like yeah all these different little things that made a solo good 
Wow. And, so I and like, that was just from the, just from scratch. You're just learning. How yeah. old were you? You had the incentive yeah. and the drive to just learn an instrument yeah. like that without any help. It's yeah, yeah, that amazing. was um, I was probably like sixteen or seventeen. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people. I was just talking to someone about how it's sort of the thing that differentiates the people that succeed and the people that kind of like drop off and may do it more like as a hobby or whatever, you know. But the people that are really passionate and driven about it, it's not a matter of whether or not they can do it. It's like they physically have something in them that they would not feel complete if they weren't able to do it, you know? Yeah. And I think a little, like, this is a part of that in you where you were, you know, doing, like, drums and, like, surrounded by music, and you're like, I want to learn guitar. And, you know, your dad's like, all right, if you want to learn it, basically, like, you know, teach yourself. And, yeah, yeah man, that's cool. That's, I think that's totally makes sense for, like, wanting to, do the music so you're still doing beats when you're learning guitar and stuff but your music yeah. i guess the music that you're listening to you know during yeah. this time what was what was the radio station that you're going to or the songs that was it like chuck berry or Jimi hendrix like the traditional people yeah you know i, I look back on like uh high school you know it was just mixed with a bunch of things like recently um i don't know if you know uh the song uh, get down on it by cool and the gang like yeah. that like super like funky them. groovy song right like mm-hmm. that song came on the radio or not on the yeah it was came on the radio and it just flashed me back so hard and i was like dude this song was like my song in like <laughs> senior yeah. year of high school which is ironic you know because it's like 2010 like that's obviously not right. like a pop song on the radio but at the same time i mean i definitely loved all the pop stuff that was out yeah um i did want to quickly before i forget i loved how you were saying like just that desire to like see through something like that you felt was like within the musical space that you should be doing. And like, the reason I say that is because fast forward, like uh, I know we'll jump back to high school or whatever, but fast mm-hmm. forward to college. Um, I like same thing with guitar. Like I was like, you know, I know, I know drums. I know guitar now I have to know bass and like my neighbor or whatever had a bass. And so I literally just was like, all right, like that's something I have to do. Kind of like, you know, literally what you're saying, it was like this weird, like, subconscious obligation like i have to know all the instruments yeah wow is that driven from was there any sort of like level of perfectionism or like being a perfectionist in that way was that in any other aspects of your life or is it music it just kind of brings out this whole different like level yeah no yeah i think it is just music because i'm not i'm not super competitive like I, you know, I love playing, you know, different sports with friends and whatnot. And I have over the years, but like it, it rarely is like a perfectionism or like a, like, just like deep, like, um, like drive, you know, like, like we're saying like music, it's just like, it just always felt like something I had to keep working on no matter what I had to keep getting better. Mm -hmm. I think, I think maybe it's like, a sense of like two things, which is like, you know, obviously just the passion for all the types of music that exists and that like lingering in my mind made me so like, I want to understand it more and like, yeah. okay, like understand how to play a bass line like that, you know, at the time or understand how to play a drum, you know, beat like that, whatever it may be. And so for me to love it so much, I was like, I have to like understand it. I have to like be able to like grasp that technique or whatever. Yeah, totally. I get that. I mean, I think from, 
when I got into different forms of writing, whether it's like um, short story or poetry or like nonfiction, fiction, whatever it is, there's different forms to it and categories. And I think whenever I would have an assignment in school where I would, they would be like, all right, write this type of style or whatever, the first thing I would always do is just try to like learn it and understand it before I would even attempt to do anything, you know? And mm -hmm. that's because I have this appreciation for like literature yeah. and that art form that I'm not just going to like dive into it, you know? And I want to understand different realms and different types of like interpreting it. Cause it's a very similar art form in the sense that there's no right or wrong way to write a nonfiction, you know, necessarily yeah. there's like grammatical stuff, but beyond that, there's no like, limitations that there are the same way with like math or science you know there isn't a mm -hmm. right and wrong answer so yeah i yeah. mean i think with that it was Definitely. crucial for me to like read like oh, okay what's alan ginsburg all about like what type of poetry is that or bukowski or whatever you know it's like mm -hmm. understanding different realms of it so yeah it's really cool that yeah. i mean that's taking it a whole different level like level to actually literally learn an instrument a lot more difficult than just reading a book you know yeah yeah it can it can definitely be yeah time consuming one thing that i noticed was huge i think i, I was going to mention with the guitar like what what helped me like do it more was by doing the uh like the structure i mentioned like playing along with the radio and i was just you know pretty much just soloing over songs like i found a way to have like fun while learning you know what i mean like yeah it wasn't it was yeah not a chore is more yeah because in that space as i'm just literally improvising like i figure out the scales and i'm just you know soloing or whatever for just song after song like i'm like training my like composition mind to just make up new notes and it doesn't feel like i'm like you know brutally like forcing myself to learn this chord or whatever which you know once later on i love doing that now but like at the time like when people like pick up an instrument for the first time like i feel like what makes it hard to power through is like it's just boring to like learn all the basic chords and have your hurt fingers hurt you know yeah versus like definitely just like like practically just you know for me i was like improvising and just like practically just singing you know on the guitar and just going wherever i wanted and like it just felt so free yeah well i think your intentions going into it weren't necessarily like i want to learn guitar because i want to be like cool or whatever you know mm -hmm. i feel like there was yeah. a, a large group of people like dive into i mean guitar namely is like a huge yeah. one where huh. it's like accessible it's not that expensive it doesn't look that difficult almost every song has some form of like guitar in it you know so like yeah at least totally. popular music so you're like oh that looks attainable and easy you know and then people get it and they yeah. don't put in the effort or the time or they don't understand that it's like there's a whole lot of like learning and stuff that goes into mm -hmm. it so it's interesting that, yeah. I mean, I think guitar of all instruments is a huge one. Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, I see that that angle exists for sure. Um, yeah, you know what I was going to mention though. Also for that, for the high school teens, I was kind of had my subconscious working on it, and it really was like so all over the place. Um, then, I mean, I even you know, I remember like loving like, um, you know obvious pop stuff like you know little wayne and drake was big but then at the same time like balancing that with like gang star and like binary star like yeah. these underground hip-hop people that sure. not, you know that you probably love and whatnot and i feel like uh there's like i felt like that was always a layer that existed like i couldn't 
just listen to the you know the pop hip-hop i'd have to like know the other stuff as well you know and yeah or be more well-rounded i think you know um did that play into the type of beats that you made too because i mean there's a huge difference between like uh oh yeah you know yeah binary star gangster or whatever and there's those rap groups from the 90s um yeah who have i don't know i just like the beats and the drum structure and everything it's very different it seems more looped it seems a little less like mm-hmm. sampled it seems more like just raw gritty drums and yeah. snare and like so that must have been a whole different aspect of making music was it a weird balance of the music that you wanted to make and the people wanting a certain type of music did you ever find that struggle like having to make something yeah. you didn't want to make you're totally. like i don't want to make that but like <laughs> yeah. i'm down with yeah getting totally money. man like i've had yeah like and yeah, because you know everyone's so different. Even like it, that's what's kind of something beautiful about the time we live in. Like, there's so many different genres that are like appreciated. You know, it's not like you feel like there's just people are just listening to rock and roll, which you know obviously is beautiful about whatever. Like the '50s was, you know, what rock and roll and jazz and like maybe like three genres. Well, now it's like you know all over the place, and that's what's yeah. great about it. But um, yeah, I mean, I definitely felt times where. And I chose times where I was like, like just, you know, my own personal taste. Like I at times tried to get better at EDM or whatever and just didn't just to know how to do it. And I got into it, but those waves lasted real short. And so when people wanted me to produce for them in that, that fashion, I was just like, I'm good. Like, that's just, it's just not my vibe. It feels like too forced. Like, you know? Yeah, totally. Did you find yourself getting into these circles? Um, because we're doing your when did music become something that you were has it always been a professional goal for you or was it something that was like sort of a hobby obviously more yeah. than just a hobby it's always been something that's like a little bit more than a hobby for like a majority of your life and then mm-hmm. was there no, that's like a great question other yeah. ideas you're like hey i want to be a you know fireman yeah. or something and then you're like nope music's <laughs> it yeah. So that, yeah, that's a great question. Cause like I mentioned, like it's been around and like you said, it's been a little bit more than a hobby. Yeah. Um, and it's something I wanted to improve upon, but it wasn't until, um, yeah, I think it was 2016. I had, uh, just like traveled a bunch with some friends. We were, I actually just got back from living in Chile for like half a year. Wow. And then, Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Jeez. Could be a, that's a whole, whole different, different episode, story. man. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That. And then I was in Hawaii with, uh, you know, our friend Sean. I was there yeah, with him course. for like three months. Wow. Or something like that. And so I'm there and I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, p- coming back to the States and like kind of getting a sense of like, okay, you know, I've been, you know, loving life, but like I got to try to figure out a career at some point. And uh, yeah. And so my, I decided then like, that was, you know, like I said, 2016 that I want to do music. I just didn't know in what form. And so kind of like what we're saying, you know, it, it, it lasted with the perspective of strictly a producer for um, let's see about two years, but on I was a just, professional level. Yeah. Was like the, I'm going to do this. Yeah, plan. exactly. You're like, all right, I'm going for it. And I want to be a producer in the way that yeah. you wanted to, so she's just like make beats and give them to artists and yeah and then also with some other people like the more traditional producer like you know they'd come over they have a rough song idea and we you know flesh it out with you know all the different instruments and whatnot yeah but yeah no like exactly what you're saying so 
that was the that was the idea for a cool minute and and a part of was you know me getting burnt out was like what i mentioned already the like you know kind of handing it off to them and then still feeling like i had so many ideas and didn't really know what what would end up happening with it um did you get deep into that was it getting to a point where you were like making some headway as far as like did you feel like you were making advances career-wise, but it was also maybe somewhat limiting creatively for who you yeah. like really were as an artist. Did you feel like you were somewhat selling out? Yeah, I don't know if like, it definitely did feel kind of like, yeah, like the amount of ideas I had, I think it's like two things. The the creativity, like we were talking about, like this idea to expand more upon these uh, songs. And then the other thing was like, um, just feeling I don't know like like I just needed um I had this drive and I just wanted and like you know I was producing like crazy but like I didn't know if the artists I was working with were you know writing lyrics like crazy like were they were they I felt like my drive was just so intense and I just wanted to see it happen that I couldn't rely on anyone anymore like it was like not not against them but just again against purely like if if I really wanted to make this happen, like I just had to like go for it on my own. And so that's when like in 2018, like October, I like decided like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start working on like my own stuff. And not only that, like I'm going to like put together a whole like album. Yeah. Um, and so that's what, you know, these songs are from. It's kind of, we're, we're, we're sneaking into it. And that'll probably be later this year that that'll come out. But um yeah. And so it's been kind of like, once I decided that it was just like, you know, fully go time. And I knew, even though it was like a huge burden that I was going to, you know, do everything, like play every instrument, write everything. Like, yeah, I could finally just do it, you know, without any, any possible hesitation of like, oh, this person might, you know, not see it through or sure. might not, whatever, you know? Yeah. How's that process looked as opposed to other creative ventures in the past when you've had partners and people that you've been collaborating and working with, that has to look a whole lot different than just a room and a blank canvas and nothing. That must be a weird place to start, but it almost, I mean, I don't know. Is it weird? Is it liberating? Is it like just this strange feeling of freedom and also just nervousness? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Excuse me. Um, freedom for sure is a portion like there's something like that is so interesting about like collaboration is that like at the end of the day like there can be many moments or a few depending on your chemistry where you both have an idea and it's conflicting like oh I think this melody sounds good well I thought you know a C instead of an E would sound better there and then it's like well we're both you know subjectively right like it's music there's no right answer right so like that that's just the weirdest thing that you know exists with that layer and so to finally just be like anything I come up with you know is mine and like and like another layer is just like the the time like to finally be able because you know most of my like sessions or whatever working with other artists it's like we sit down and, and we work on a song but like to be like okay, I don't know what I want for this melody for the chorus. And I will just walk away with those chords, you know, looping in my brain and whatever like melody comes out into my subconscious, the best is like what I'll go with. So that could be like hours later because yeah. it's just still playing in my brain. 
and then I let what like naturally came out become the actual melody if that makes sense sure how do you how do you know which one's the one how do you not know it's just like uh i think that's the one thing that i really found to be so difficult about making music and i'm sure you're not going to be like this is how you solve it because i don't think there's an actual answer to it but just the whole concept of i guess like being finished and like the permanent feeling of that and i know from like a producer standpoint especially if you're producing like every aspect of that song there's got to be like a million things that you want to just tweak constantly and it never feels finished yeah that i think um man yeah (laughs) the answer for that question is uh, yeah i don't know man i'm that's not really it's just like a thought that I like literally <laughs> no, always come so up real. with no matter yeah. what I do. I'm always just like, I don't know. There's always just like, yeah. I don't know. And then once you publish it and you listen to it, you're like, fuck, dude, I could have just raised that thing up like a tad bit more and it probably would have sounded better, but probably not. You know, I don't know. Yeah, no, totally. I think a huge thing that's helped me with that is like, just I'm like very like forward thinking, you know, and so I'm like, like, okay, these like I'm working on these songs for so long, like, like next week needs to be, you know, I finish the vocals and that's it, you know? And like, I like have to set, I set like really hard dates for myself. And like, if it's really, really standing out, there's a problem, then I'll fix it. But otherwise it's just a lot of just being like near the end, especially like, okay, like I got to let go one and two, like there's more songs to be made in the future. And like, I can learn from this and like, you know, totally. Yeah. But, uh, what's that room look like? I mean, so you, I mean, did you like have your apartment? Do you live with yourself? Did you rent like a cabin in the woods, like Justin Vernon and record or like, how did it go? Yeah. So I was in, I'm not in the same house anymore, but the house I was in, yeah, it was all in my room. I had, uh, I had it, you know, pretty comfortably. I had my desk, you know, and then I swivel my chair just to the right and there's my drum set and I swivel it to the left and there's my keyboard and my guitar and my bass guitar and bass up on the wall or whatever right mm-hmm. um and then i had like my congas in the room um i had the whole room covered with foam you know just committed hard like yeah my room is not my room it's my studio right you know totally yeah um and and then i had actually i borrowed my dad's acoustic guitar which is like this really nice old guild uh d55 from like the 70s and that thing uh was sitting over in the corner and i you know record that with two mics and yeah it was just like uh yeah that was this, my room just full of stuff just packed in and you know do you have roommates was it just you in the house yeah. or is there there's people there yeah so uh four other roommates wow. at the time i think um yeah how, how does that so work like, into <laughs> yeah. i would not be stoked on you being my roommate like i'd be stoked on you <laughs> as a person but i wouldn't be pumped yeah. on like dude you recording it this month all right cool i'm gonna bounce out for a little right. while yeah yeah i think like that i don't know it just kind of worked out i mean i feel like music like drums for sure were like you know if anything is something that would be annoying um because i would just you know obviously do that what was your question sorry oh i was just thinking like um did you were your roommates like musically inclined like more cool with it yeah i think that's um crucial. yeah so one of uh, the few was um the one that was actually the room right closest to me and he was actually he did vocals on it uh, oh, as awesome. well yeah yeah 
that was my uh, my friend Charlie that I'd also done music projects with in the past. And so that was, you know, obviously huge because now he's like, um, you know, helping out with different ideas. He, he helped throw some harmonies on there. I definitely got to give him credit for that. And, mm-hmm. and so he's like super helpful. Um, so yeah, as far as that goes, it, it worked out pretty well. Um, and I think my other roommates were in their rooms with their doors closed and their, you know, headsets on while playing some video games and hopefully it wasn't too annoying for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's cool though. Was there, I think that must be probably a little bit better. Well, I don't know. I guess it's pros and cons to everything, but I would imagine having that ability to like, just kind of get away from the whole music thing if you needed to, and just kind of like chat with your roommate for a little bit was probably a cool, like, thing to have accessible as opposed to like getting stuck on a song or something and only being stuck with yourself and having to like kind of work through it yeah no definitely i i i i've bounced around the idea of like living on my own but i don't think i'll ever do it just because like what we're saying i mean having roommates just kind of like have that constant like steadiness with just social you know stuff when you need it and like yeah like breaking your brain out of those cycles and whatnot like it's great you know and so like that that was huge for sure like having that atmosphere where it's like rather than me just like cooped up in this studio you know wherever in LA like instead it's like I'm living life and you know letting ideas come but then if I want to run up to my room and record it I do it and if not I'm you know I'm just still going about it it doesn't feel like it's forced as much it feels more natural yeah totally has there been like have you acquired not acquired that's a weird way of saying it have you made more like music friends while you're making this album have you found that you had to reach out to people for any reason like for you're like oh like i got this instrument figured out but this person knows it really well like i'm sure there was some sort of reaching out to some people well yeah i mean i definitely i mean i gotta give a huge shout out to all the people that did uh you know background vocals for me like the every single song i have like nine people that uh yeah i noticed that the vocals are so good man yeah just like with layers i think yeah and so like having them like come and join in on that like full project was just so much fun they're like great people that like have amazing vocals and like just so glad for me to have like be able to shine that more and some songs shine more than others and you can really tell and so yeah that definitely was huge and i think like as far as playing instruments i yeah you know i just kind of like did my own thing i think like i definitely you know in some pockets here and there thought you know i'm i'm i don't you know i'm a great drummer because i've been playing since junior high my keyboard skills on the other hand like are not bad but you know could i get somebody else to record this definitely but it's like it almost felt like me doing all the parts was just part of the challenge and adventure, you know, like, yeah. And so I just kind of accepted that I might not have this amazing keyboard since or yeah. Keytar solo, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, it, it works. Yeah. No, that's cool. No, I think, I mean, whenever a mentality like that, I think you have a better, when the whole project is done, there's a different sense of ownership over it than there is with, you know, having it totally. be something yeah. where like, you know, you're still going to get help and everything that's bound to happen, which is like yeah. what music is, you know, it's all about <laughs> help and expression and different things. But yeah, I think what you said there, as far as like 
even though it's not perfect, it's something that you did, you know? And I think not many people can do a guitar solo regardless, you know? So it doesn't really, like, that still puts you in a small bracket of people in the world. So I think percentage-wise, that's amazing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, there definitely has been, like, connections for sure, you know, from it as far as, you know, you know, just opportunities with different blogs and things here and there, just kind of moving forward and getting a lot of good feedback and whatnot and been able to work with other musicians more, too, and stuff. So definitely been fun Yeah, in that realm, too. What do you see as, I guess, like the benchmark for your success as far as, I'm sure you've already hit like several along the way. You know, I think, you know, the two singles that you've released recently are just, you know, really, I'm sure like for me as someone who's known you and just like to see something like that come out, it's just like, is really, really I don't know you're like proud to know someone who's like did something that's like really cool. So mm-hmm. it must be, you know, magnified for you to just have something like that come out. And it's must be a really cool feeling. Um, is that something where you're just making albums and stuff, is that the benchmark or is it, you know, getting signed to a certain label or how does yeah. that look? I think, you know, like uh, it's definitely just, you know, my dream situation is just doing this like, only um to where i have enough you know like people i'm producing for or just doing my own stuff but like i can like continue pouring into it um thankfully as i've made this album i pretty much have been able to do that uh through different reasons and whatnot but um yeah i don't know i don't know what the future holds and i like i just feel um yeah i just think like if i can really make more like i don't I, I just have like this sense of like, I just got to keep doing it. And I just want, like, I think I've just, I think it's based on the reality that I've made so much music that didn't end up coming out because I didn't love or like feel a connection to it. Like I do now with these songs. And so I just like for so long have like had so much content, but now the actual, you know, what I'm actually releasing doesn't show that. And so I'd, I think there's a huge part of me that would love for that to be represented, you know, yeah, um, and just have, multiple albums you know consistently which is you know what i expect and plan to do sure so what differentiates um like the music that you're making now as opposed to what you said you've made like a ton of music throughout the years why was it something within you that you just kind of like had a different perception about the music that you were making or was it genuinely you just didn't feel like it represented what you wanted to put out yeah, I think uh I think a huge part of it would be just like the um the like the richness, the the like genuineness of probably the lyrics. You know, I feel like in the past I was like okay, you know, as long as I was making music, I was okay with it. So I would like finish a song, add some like goofy lyrics, and then I'd be like, well, you know, this sounds good, but lyrically it's kind of dry. Um and so that I wouldn't release it, right? And so now with this other stuff I've worked on, I was way, way, way more intentional about just being patient and crafting it with lyrically. Yeah. And then even more so musically, you know, like like I said, like before I could crank it out pretty quick and just make a song in a good loop, but that didn't feel as heavy and and rich. And I think something that I was really trying to obtain with this newer stuff is like, um, timelessness like 
how do you like obtain like a timeless song is like it has to be like it feels like it has depth and it feels like it it feels like it doesn't feel like dry and, and quick and made in like a few hours but it like feels like it encompasses like a huge stage of your life or yeah. a true deep feeling or something totally man i think that's crazy i think whenever you i think of like the mtv unplugged or whatever like the mm-hmm. artist standing there and like playing and i remember um ben gibber talking about death guy for cutie yeah. i'll follow you into the dark which is yeah, such a, a really good song yeah. yeah and he talks about how he literally went in the studio and like wrote and recorded the whole song in like a matter of a couple of hours and wow. it became this such a massive thing and it, he never really set out for it to become mm. you know the way it was and he talks about the i guess the weird parallels of going in and making something very quickly not having much expectation for it and becoming this massive hit that Mm. everyone loves and then going into the studio and spending all this time and effort and then it maybe not becoming anywhere near that you know so that must be yeah kind of crazy yeah that is crazy that's like that's what's so great and wonderful about music it's like oh totally like literally one of their most like fundamental top songs i swear i mean i'm sure on Spotify, it has to be one of their top whatever songs, yeah. you know. And it's funny to think that, like, wow, the countless hours that yeah. he has put into songwriting and music and stuff, this was probably like the least amount of time and effort that he put into something. And it just had, I don't know, but maybe it's yeah. just more of a testament to his skill that he can write something like that in yeah. an hour. Is like, wow, yeah, yeah, no, that that is amazing. Yeah, I don't know that that. I think that's kind of the beauty of it, I guess, like where it sometimes happens so naturally and sometimes it doesn't. And, but then like learning to grow and like appreciate the times it doesn't is like also fun. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What is, um, I guess like when you feel like you're in a weird creative rut, does it come as something? Well, I don't know. I would imagine like for someone who's doing as a hobby, it's sort of like you come up with something and you go and you like turn it into whatever you want to turn it into. But I think if you have the plans and the intentions to make a song or an album or whatever, it's structured differently as far as your time is like you have a definitive goal that you have to reach, which means you can't just like, you know, wait for creativity to spark. So what does that look like? Did you just kind of like wait it out? Was there a huge time frame of like, you're just going to put time into it. And if you're not feeling creative or up to it you're just going to kind of like table it or was it you didn't have an option and you had to force yourself to like figure it out even if you're not feeling up to it yeah I think it's it's definitely a combination like um um, like I mentioned at one point like there were I think certain like variables or factors that like were that felt natural that felt like I could wait on maybe that was kind of like the lyrics and that was maybe like a lot of times like the melodies but then with other factors, it was like, you know, the other side you're saying where it was, I just knew I had to do it, knew that I wanted to do it. Um, and I would just power through. And if I literally, you know, come back from a full-time day of work, like it didn't matter. I would just do it because this is what I want to do with my life. And so I'm going to make it happen, you know? And so I'm just going to work hours into the night on whatever part it might be. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess, yeah. So, I mean, that's super cool. That kind of ties into 
literally like the name of my podcast or whatever, you yeah, know, like right. double life having uh, like a day nine to five or whatever, but also just having this passion and this goal that is the ultimate yeah. goal. So I guess for exactly. you, how's it been, you know, juggling, give like a yeah. regular nine to five job and you're basically a full-time musician at the same time and you're making an album. Like how did, how is that possible? Yeah, so uh, it's been a kind of a combination. Uh, it sounds like I'm saying that every time, but <laughs> regardless, yeah, it was at one point um, I was working um, full time for sure. And another time I was working like freelance, which was a combination of the production and also um, I was doing some IT equipment like stuff. Um, but I will say, you know, working full time, there was a period where I was doing that as, you know, project manager. And uh, like I mentioned, I mean, I know, I know a lot of musicians where it kind of comes in waves, you know, and they'll, they'll wait till the weekend or they'll wait till they're in the right mood um, to make stuff. But for me, I just like, I just like can't stop. So like, I'd come, like, I'd be at work, you know, and I'd, I'd have melodies come into my head or I'd have like lyrics come into my head and write it down or get out the voice recorder. And so as soon as I get home or, you know, I'm, or I'm just processing how I can, you know, whatever, make the drums sound a little tighter on this part or i can come up with this or that so when it when it was full time i mean it definitely every single day come back from work and you know eat and then get to work and so it was pretty much just like two jobs fully yeah um was that then, your did you have did you like watch tv or like do something i mean i guess like the traditional way that people would decompress yeah. from work it wasn't that way you're essentially jumping from like graveyard shift to like class in the morning kind of thing yeah yeah no i yeah, i didn't really watch anything i like i literally at one point once i decided i was gonna like dive into the the album and like really pursue that i like remember like kind of thinking like well i probably like won't be able to you know converse casually or like small talk about like movies or tv shows anymore because i'm not gonna really have time for that but that's okay i'll just wait till all this is over and maybe watch some shows and it's like i just kind of accepted that reality like i was just kind of putting that off yeah it's like it's like i make this happen right what is it what does it feel like to put just like i don't know your heart and soul into something and uh yeah i don't know how did that time frame when did you start making i guess you're not done with the album but you're releasing singles which you're going to be a part of the album so this is all music that's a part of what you're going to be releasing right or is it yeah, separate exactly exactly yeah yeah it's all part of it um yeah so i mean yeah i can, I can even just tell you i mean there's there's going to be seven songs um and so two of the the seven around um and yeah i mean like as far as like pouring into it, it i mean it definitely yeah like this project was like very um honest and genuine and like if i like you know put it into like a bit like analogy like i literally felt like because it was so genuine and so like introspective it felt like i was like taking a scoop into like my heart every time just to like dig into these lyrics and dig into like what the content was going to be about it was like and it was like kind of exhausting because of that and i kind of didn't really look forward to it a lot of times like yeah to like be so like okay like what are some things that like I like really am like challenged and struggled by. I'm like, I, mean, I can just be honest, like on in my sales, like it's like the whole, the whole songs about like, 
not feeling like there's wind in your sails and not feeling like life's moving forward and it feels like you're just stuck and so like trying to find and like reaching for like a well of like purpose despite that like like the lack of rain or the lack of change in your life like that water like you used to feel like dry and empty because you're not going anywhere and so that yeah. was like you know definitely a place I was in was it hard to translate that emotion into a song has songwriting been something for you that are you described that emotion and that feeling really well but I'm sure that came as a result of you like making the song or was it like you felt that energy and you wanted to like turn that into a song and you like how do you do that uh, so, so say that again I'm not sure I'm fully tracking so you're saying kind of like um just like how do you of, turn yeah. the I don't know I would like just the emotions that you felt so the way that you describe that song mm-hmm. as a feeling of not feeling on top of the world, you know, and feeling like yeah. stagnant and not progressing yeah. and just like these emotions that gotcha. are real emotions that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. I guess my question would be for as a songwriter and a musician, how do you translate musician or that emotion into a song or is yeah. it you write the song and then the emotion comes out, you know, how does that process totally. look? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Thanks man. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, it was kind of more of like, I, I, I created this sound, the song idea. And then, like you said, with that second example, yeah, I kind of like poured into it, um, that emotion. So I had like a general structure where, you know, excuse me, the first like portion was like upbeat and exciting because there was a layer of like, it's going to work out. Right. If we're just talking about in my sales, for example, yeah, like, it's like, you know, this idea of it's all going to work out and this, this enthusiasm, but also like, you know, as it goes into the, the pre-chorus, that quick little like vocoder part, it's like, I can't stay here. It's like, I'm like, like my surroundings in theory is like, like I'm trying to like face it off as good and it's, it's working, it's moving forward. And then what I'm getting to is like at the very end of the song, you know, it's like, it's like, it, it's almost somber. It's almost like, but like pressing on and it, it kind of changes the tone because it's kind of like grasping that reality. You know, it's like, it's grasping that I really don't know if things are going to change, but like I can like rest and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like accept um, things as they are. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. How do you feel about, man? So like you, that's how you wrote the song and all that you know and it's coming straight from your mouth these were the emotions that you felt the song blah blah um have you ever like interpreted a song a certain way and then heard like the artist talk about it and it's completely different and like have you ever you just explained that song but what if someone listened to that song and got like a whole different vibe from it yeah it's interesting how music's like yeah i love that you know i i I think I always kind of feel a, you know, like a hesitation, even though I'm, you know, just kind of openly talking about it. Like I do kind of feel this, you know, this voice in the back of my mind to like always like not fully, you know, undress every little detail because of what you're saying. It's like, I don't want my song to be one dimensional because it can affect people in, you know, a million different ways. 
and like that's the beauty of art and that's the beauty of music so it's like you know however the lyrics might speak to them could be you know a totally different way and you know and that's what's great and so I don't want to you know fully limit that yeah but I think it's also um important because it doesn't necessarily give away anything you know it doesn't necessarily change how someone is going to feel about a song but I think it gives context to the song in a different way which is really cool because I think it it opens people's eyes to a different perspective um what was I watching recently I was recently listening or watching Joe Rogan podcast and one of his guests was talking about the song Hey Yeah by Outkast is this very upbeat song but if you listen to the lyrics they're like extremely depressing and sad and about how people don't understand like love and how the generation is doomed and you know like if you listen to the lyrics or read the lyrics they're like super depressing and sad but the song itself seems so upbeat yeah. and happy you know yeah that's a <laughs> yeah that's always a trip but when it flips on you like that, the, when you started talking about that, the first thing that came to mind was like uh, foster the people, you know, oh, yeah. um, pumped, you know, up, pumped kicks. up kicks or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's like, that was like the most biggest flip ever. Like, sure. When, when we started listening to those lyrics, right. It, it, yeah. It's. And yeah. For people like, that yeah. don't know, that's um, talking about the Columbine shootings, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it seems like exactly. the most upbeat, happy song, upbeat, but yeah, it's about school shooting. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, man, I totally blanked out what I was going to say. <laughs> well, like interpreting music, you know, and like, I guess what I would guess is like, well, you already kind of answered it was you think it's cool that people can kind of interpret their music or your music however they want, you know, yeah, and yeah. can come up to you and be like, dude, that song's so cool. I love that it's about blah, blah, yeah. blah. And like a part of you almost has to be like, yeah, man exactly what it's about yeah yeah exactly you, you you know you reminded me it was uh one example that came to mind recently was like harmony hall by vampire weekend i don't know if you know yeah. that one but uh the newer like, album exactly on uh father of the bride there yeah oh, okay album. yeah um that song i thought for sure was like his like because he's talking about harmony hall so i thought he was like talking about church i thought he was like you know talking about like how he'd like witness like, you know, people in church that weren't so great, but then he's like conflicted about his faith or whatever. Yeah. And, and then on, uh, he did like a song exploder and he's talking, it's all about like, uh, you know, the white house or whatever. And it's about politicians. Huh. And I was like, what the heck? Like I did not yeah. see that coming at all. But to your point, I mean, I, I still kind of hold on to like the way I initially interpreted it. Right. Like I don't, I feel like in my brain, even though I know for a fact what it was written about, like my brain still does like a, like, yeah, like that's his version, but like there's still a 50, 50% on my side where like yeah. in my brain, I'm like, no, yeah, my version's also right, you know, which isn't true, but oh, totally. that's kind of the, the cool thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, like tying a song or an album or whatever to a moment or an experience or something in your life, like dude, I don't give a fuck what the person who wrote that song says. Like, I'm still going to feel right. that way, you know? And it's like, you're still going to have that idea and that interpretation of it. And that's cool. And I think it's important to have that. But at the same time, man, there's only so much, like, emotional stuff that you can try to, like, tweak, you know? I think despite, even if your brain knows something, your heart might just be like, no, 
you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's like a powerful thing about music too is it can literally yeah, transplant you and take you anywhere in history and time and yeah and history dude world too you know that it's like i feel like that just you know brings to mind like me with like record players like i you know listened to them when i was younger but like there was a good i don't know like 20 year gap when i didn't and so like my ear obviously had adjusted all these this time and so my friend was like let me borrow his and it was like this is insane dude like i know i would always hear people rant about how great vinyl is but when you like experience an old vinyl, you feel like your ears are just like in a time machine. Like, yeah, dude, crazy. Or just buying like decent monitors or like decent headphones or something, you yeah. know, and just like hearing a song that you've heard a million times, but like you're hearing it differently through like a different superior way of hearing. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh fuck. This is how yeah. it was like supposed to be heard oh, yeah. all along. Dude. You know, I've been listening to like a weird, you know, smaller right version of it that shouldn't have been ever exposed to ears, you know? Yeah, dude, I had exactly that happen. I got like these studio monitors. They're like the HS8s. There's like these Yamaha ones that are nice, based yeah. off like these uh, NS10s, which are like the old like like standard 70s ones that just like took off. And so... As soon as I got them, literally like you're saying, I just go to Spotify and start playing songs. And it was just like, what the heck, dude? This is this yeah. is like surreal. you hear a whole different I'm I mean, I'm sure for you it must be like fucking crazy. Cause I'm sure you hear layers and complexities and songs that like the average normal listener wouldn't even pick up in any way, shape, or form. I'm sure you know every single instrument, you know, playing where other people are like, I don't know, it sounds uh, like a fucking drum thingy you know and you're like no nah, that's a specifically this drum hit in like this way with this type of drumstick you know it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> a whole different interpretation yeah that's the fun I mean, that's why i just can't get enough of like the fun part about music is there's just so much equipment like throughout the decades and the more you learn the more you can catch it in songs and like it's just it's just so much fun for me like it feels like i'm just adding and i know i have so much more to go but like i'm like adding this collection of like like sounds and like you know samples and whatnot yeah to my like brain catalog and and just finding like oh wait a minute that sounds like a Wurlitzer or like that sounds like a you know dx7 or whatever and like right that it's yeah it's so much fun that's crazy man that's cool so i guess i mean what would be your like it's always the worst question to ask like a musician or whatever but i would love to know like the albums and stuff that you would recommend, you know, like right now what's been really filling your playlist and stuff. Man, yeah, that is, that is hard. I feel like my brain just goes all over the place. It's always um, tough. Like when you like aren't asked that question, you have like the perfect answer, you know? And then the second right? you're asked yeah. that question, it's like every music song you've ever heard in your life is erased from your mind. And you're like, <laughs> I've never heard music, dude. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I can't, um, I have no idea. Yeah. Man, dude, I, uh, I mean, I looked at your playlist and I saw see. like Beach Boys and stuff. And so I would assume like Brian Wilson, yeah, so exactly yeah you know i was literally just watching um a bunch of youtube videos on him a few days ago oh, like, okay perfect just yeah. getting lost in his like structure of like good vibrations and yeah so i mean like that playlist i have on in my sales that for sure like all those artists like yeah like beach boys um 
you know, the Beatles, Jackson five, um, James Taylor, the temptations, uh, all that older stuff. But then all like the newer stuff, uh, I think it was like Wolfpack for sure. Cause they're so funky. I like try to like splash that into my music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like, just like some soulful stuff like Etta James or like Daniel Caesar. Like, I think that's like a huge part of like what really is rich and important to me when it comes to music is like trying to be like genuine and soulful and not like feeling like you're like stuck in a cage of where your vocals want to go. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. How do you see? So when I listen to your music, I think there's a couple well, I think it's natural for most people to like draw parallels whenever they listen to oh, something totally. or yeah. watch something, whatever, like literally anything. Yeah. You're just like, Oh, that looks like that, you know? But, um, but so I've really been into Toro Imoy. Uh, I think like yeah. Chaz is like just a genius, you know? And he has, there's so many similars between you and him. I think when I was listening to, especially yeah. your newest song that came out, I love like just the different layers and the vocals, but then also just like, the guitar riffs and being able to like trans like I don't know it's like there isn't yeah. one set way of making music and I think that's the staple of Toro y Moi is that they've been making music for a period of time but they've also never really been stagnant in like the genre of music and it's never been yeah. anything too predictable and mm-hmm. I find that your music has that same like complexity to it where I didn't jump into this song expecting it to sound like in my sales i was like all right dude like i you know full-heartedly going into it with like an open mind and just to like come out of it and go like wow that was amazing and it's like different but like similar and it still has that same energy to it um but yeah i don't know yeah, i guess my point absolutely. or question would be just like artists like that has that drawn any sort of inspiration because he's like so many parallels i mean like yeah you know young makes his own music does everything basically but then yep. also is like is a perfect testament of having a job and also doing music like he's a full-time graphic designer who happens to do music you know and like mm-hmm. is doing both of them so i don't know yeah like, like modern day people that are alive that are essentially doing what you're doing i would just be curious who you like drew inspiration from or if you're like that's cool that they're kicking ass because that's essentially the path that I'm on. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, it's, and this sounds, might sound kind of weird, but like, I felt like when I like zoned in on like how I was going to make my sound, I just like, I think, you know, part of that I didn't really touch on that I kind of missed mentioning, but like growing up, like I just like only listened to like oldies. Right. And so I think like for me, it felt like I had to like, pay my respects you know to like the older stuff by like like just marinating in their their sound um and then you know like making my music based off that um that being said i mean there's definitely like modern artists that i think you know jam like obviously like like i don't know if you're like hippocampus or like coin i like them um like there's a bunch of artists that I think, let's see, um, I'm going to, I'm going to cheat and pull up my computer and just go through all these people. I love half alive, definitely slay it. Um, with just like, I think there's just like, for me, another layer besides like the soul thing is just like a grooviness. Um, yeah, I think that's a huge underlying theme of like a lot. Like, I mean, the two songs that you've made, I think just like the grooviness and the vibing of it just has, yeah, I think it's different yeah. than a lot of music out there. 
Yeah, I think like that for me is just like, and then, you know that that probably to a certain extent to a certain extent is inescapable because I'm a freaking drummer first, right? And so it's like, it's like it's I love it, but I like also like the con is like I listen to songs where it's just piano and I like can't finish them. I'm like I'm bored. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's like this weird curse where like you know these like beautiful songs and it's just a person on the piano and I'm like I right, like what's the point? This is just boring to me and so like that's something that like you know I look for in in modern artists and and old and and what I go to make myself you know sure do you think there's um I don't know is this something that you're going to continue to do even if it doesn't turn into a career are you going to continue to make music and albums as long as like you're able to yeah I think definitely like I can't really picture myself stopping, you know, it's just like, it feels, you know, so natural. It just kind of pours out. Um, Even like this other stuff I've been messing with, like, like that will probably not come out for, excuse me, maybe like a year or so. Like that like came to me, like, you know, in a dream, like these different like melodies and, and it just feels like, so like, I'm like so deep in it now. Cause like, I feel like there's got to be some sort of like neuro thing where like I've taken a section of my subconscious and just like put it to work 24 seven, you know, yeah. <laughs> to like be thinking about music. Wow. So it almost feels like it it's just going to keep going and like it almost be like doing a disservice to like that energy and drive and motivation totally. if I were to like stop, you know? Yeah. Does it ever get difficult to like just relax? You ever find yourself like it's hard to settle down and get ready for bed at the end of the night because you your mind's racing with so many ideas and different things yeah I think definitely at, at night like there are so many nights where I'm like literally in bed and I'm like oh man like that's what I could do like I could just bump the hi-hats like a, like take them off the grid and bump them a little bit earlier to like push the beat forward more and that would you know send the whole mood shift and you know like and then I'm in bed I'm like ah like don't get up dude like just freaking go to bed yeah you know yeah i definitely definitely have a case of that for sure that's Um, cool though i mean i don't know do you ever wake up and just go like sort of a blessing and a curse like you almost were given a gift from a young age well you were given a gift it isn't sort of you were given a gift you know of having this ear and this like opportunity to learn music and a really awesome you know, area to like learn and grow and develop. Um, But I think like having that and then also having to like, I don't know, it's just, I guess the two sides of all of it. No, totally. There's definitely the reality that it like, you know, can pull me out of situations. Like I'll be like, you know, hanging out with friends at a bar or something. And I'm like, man, like, you know, whatever's on, like, some jam is bumping and I'm I'm like oh I freaking love this song and like <laughs> this random song like tenderness by general general public's on and I'm like yo this random one hit, hit wonder from the 80s was so freaking good like nobody appreciates it. yeah and then, and then it's like like I'm just in another realm and it's like dude what are you doing man like like, like dude Corbin's out of your weird man he heard head, that song dude. yeah <laughs> <Idiot. laughs> but it's like that's almost man that's what like it is that's how you know 
like the difference between an everyday like normal citizen of the streets and then like a musician you know yeah i don't know i don't think i would ever look at like the musicians that i look up to i don't think i could sit down in a room and then like have a conversation and interact with them and then leave and be like yeah man they're like fully together like totally (laughs) super normal people like i just think of like isaac brock and jack white and these people that are like musical or connor oberst you know it's like these people are geniuses but they're also just are so deep into it man that like yeah there's no way to pull them out it's like that's just a part of who they are jack white walks around like he's a guitar god because he is a fucking guitar (laughs) god and he has earned that title and that ability to walk around you know so yeah i think that's cool man just because it's like all all of it's authentic and real like you're a purist in the sense of like a musician it isn't like yeah, yeah, man, I'll watch Netflix and then, you know, like work on a song and then, you know, you're like, nah, dude, I think about music 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, like, and it's, I think I kind of can't help but laugh because it's like so ironic. I feel like, like when I was way younger, like the thought of like being like a serious artist was like the dumbest thing ever. Like, I just like want to make fun of that idea and that concept. But like, as I've grown older, it's like, I don't know, man, like, like you can like music like like we've already said music can like create so much it can cause so much feeling it can bring so many memories et cetera, et cetera. that like it's worth pouring into you know and yeah it's worth like yeah totally i mean just like all the other things that you could be like obsessed with you know music's a pretty <laughs> solid one i think you know like there's yeah. definitely way worse avenues that you could have gone down yeah so to have it be something where you're like i can't like do all kinds of social interactions without like thinking music or something you know i feel like that's mm-hmm. could be worse you know you could yeah. have some other situation where you're like obsessed with something really weird you <laughs> yeah. know it's like i love it. collecting stamps and the fucking post office is closed and the, i don't know when it's gonna open again <laughs> and the new stamps just came out for the year you know, like, what if you had some weird obsession like that? And you're just like, yeah. bro, the post office Dude, Claude Corbin's was, losing his shit. Uh, yeah, that was risky, John. You probably just had, like, ten stamp uh, collecting fuck. fans that you just insulted and are gone. Damn dude. it. That is, like, half my <laughs> fan base. <laughs> yep, I'm going to have to, <laughs> like, write a letter to the stamp collector leader and be like, hey, man, listen. Corbin brought out the animosity in me. He <laughs> was talking to me before the show about how much he yeah. thinks stamps are useless. And, stamps uh, are whack, bro. <laughs> he was really just giving me a lot of anti-stamp propaganda. And, you know. Dude, but, I mean, dude you're going to throw me under the bus like that, man. I thought, I thought you know, my anti-stamp. Like, you're going to have to make a pro-stamp song. <laughs> and uh, I think collectively, if we bring the stamp lovers on... And then show them that we made a song, and then like we'll interview them. Yeah, it'll work out. There's this is, this is like um, yeah, this is a great idea. This will really no reason to be upset. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bold move. That's the thing about podcasting is like sometimes you gotta <laughs> you gotta be controversial, man. You're not gonna please everyone. <laughs> yeah, especially the stamp fans. There's a ton too. of fucking hobbies out there, right? <laughs> yeah. Listen, <laughs> I'm not gonna please all of you. It's like being a sports, like ESPN, like the Frisbee people are like, hey, you guys don't do enough Frisbee talk. (laughs) 
stamp collectors right now are like, how come you don't interview stamp collectors? Anyway, we're getting very off topic. Yeah, um, it's great. It's great. <laughs> well, it's been it about like funny because no, this is now better time than ever to announce that my third album will be called Stamp Life. Just stamp it. Just stamp it. There it is. <laughs> Guaranteed platinum gold. If you yep. have not pre-ordered it already, you can. Um, and just to let you guys know, this episode is sponsored by Stamps. Dot com stamps.com is the only place that gets just kidding that's not <laughs> that'd be the worst uh, slash like it'd be really good for stamps.com but yeah. for all the people that listen they're like you're not even big enough to get there did they already is stamps.com a real thing wait were you being serious yeah man i feel like most podcasts are sponsored by stamps.com Whoa, or stamps. is it stamps.com I'm searching it. I'm I'm seeing if this stamps.com. That is this is crazy. Always the thing. Not even on podcasts, it's like radios. It's like this podcast this episode is brought to you by stamps.com. Top right. Heard us on radio or podcast? Click here. There you go. Wow, dude. This broke my brain. I thought it was just out of nowhere, but it was all part of the plot. It's all yeah. So that's the thing, is that someone is probably listening right now and going like, Wow, this is great. Great. (laughs) Golden humor, but there's also yeah. a really, really probably larger group of people that are very annoyed right now. Oh yeah, they're like, pissed. What? We, we got off track. It was unprofessional, and we've insulted the stamp community and Just, yeah. the USPS as a whole. A lot of hoopas, and that's a that's a federal organization. Yep, I think you don't really want to yeah. upset them. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. <laughs> How does, like, do you want to start your own, like, label and everything? Do you want it to be all, like, because I keep comparing you to Toro because I, like, like that whole, like, underground music whole concept, Mm -hmm. which I think is becoming more prevalent. Because you also have people, you know who Ty Siegel is? No, I don't. Holy shit, dude. Ty Siegel is, that's you, man. You're Ty Siegel. Yeah. So Ty Siegel for... People I don't know. He's very similar to what you are as far as musically. Just has been making music since a young age. I think he's more heavily like heavy metal influenced with like Black Sabbath and stuff. But um, super super talented young like rock star kind of guy, man. So he makes like local music. Did garage bands. Did a bunch of bands. Um, has a bunch nice. of different albums. Super like eclectic style. Um, yeah, dude, that's your guy, man. I feel like you would really like him. Right, dude. Thanks, man. I'm gonna check him out. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, oh, he's from Laguna Beach, looks like. Yeah. yeah so oh, also super Orange local County in Orange County. Yeah. A really <laughs> good episode of Mark Marin. Um, his podcast talking to Ty Siegel is super cool. Does he have a grown man in Mark Marin who is like head over heels in love with Ty Siegel because he's just like enamored <laughs> by like how good of a musician he is. And you can wow. feel that throughout the interview, but it's just <laughs> weird because, well, it's not weird, but it's, I mean, like admirable. Yeah. Because there's just like this really cool, common, like just respect between them, you know, where he's like, yeah. I'm your senior by like a lot, but I have so much respect for the type of music you're doing, you know? And then you have Ty Siegel is like this young, like 19, 20 year old, like dude from OC is getting interviewed by like the biggest guy who's like obsessed with his music, you know? Wow, yeah, that's awesome. It's cool, yeah. 
Yeah, check them out, dude. It's rad. But how do you feel about like starting your own? Do you think that's the next like level? Is just kind of like dipping your hands into different avenues? Yeah, I think like um, you know, it's funny like when you when you mentioned like getting signed. I, I don't think like yeah, like it's not as necessary anymore. And kind of like like you can kind of create your own your know, record label. I kind of you know I'm fine with the way I have things set up. There's potential with some people I'm talking to that like we would have like a smaller, you know, record label. Um, but I'm just like, you know, I've like watched and learned enough about like, you know, the huge major players and like how you function as an artist under like a big label. And it just does not seem something I want any part of, you know, it's just, I don't know if you ever, I think I was watching like the black keys with Joe Rogan and they're like, they're just talking about how like A&R just like, flips the switch and it's like yeah like i know you like the song you've been working on you know this month but it's out just we don't want it anymore type of dealio and you're just like dude i can't imagine that like yeah well it ties into you you know at the earlier process of you making music and having those beats and stuff and like kind of being almost deterred by the concept of having less control over your music which i think if you already get signed to a label you essentially give up majority if not all you know, mm-hmm. like your freedom for the most part. Yeah, it's not. So you usually like walk away with like 15%, you know, you're making from streams. Like, yeah, after you just like poured out your brain and emotions and heart into this, you know, project. It's yeah. Crazy. How, I mean, yeah. So you're like experiencing that firsthand, right? I mean, you have songs on Spotify, which is somewhat notoriously infamous for like not paying their artists enough has that been something that you've like seen and has it been something that as you've been music or as you've been making music the whole yeah the whole industry's changed drastically and it's not become something where it's necessarily like financially i don't know the most viable thing anymore yeah no totally i think there's you know, weirdness to that, obviously, of, like, the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about that is just, like, the weird almost balance in our brains. Like, I would think most musicians balance, which is, like, do I want to be more poppy? Like, do I want to sell out? You know, like, because obviously so many people, because of that reality, do, you know? And it's, like, I think, like, um, you know, I, I honestly, you know, don't throw any shame on people that do because I can understand, like, if you were doing it for, you know, years and years and years um but yeah i don't know man it's like it's uh it's weird the way it is i i I, part of me feels like i appreciate it though you know like it's not you know what 20 years ago or 25 years ago in the 90s and i'm having to you know make 500 cds and like hope those sell and if they don't i just have them sitting in my room or something you know like yeah the freedom from that is really nice um and so while obviously uh you know just like any other artist i would obviously like more from each stream like and i'm also at the same time like appreciative of certain structural things that spotify has that like didn't exist you know like for just making your page nicer and like having the control over that versus Mm -hmm. like it's in apple's hands and they don't even let you you know put a cover like background cover image there and now you're you know, you look janky because you're not a part of Capitol Records who would have been able to, like, get their fingers into it, you know? Like, things like that. Yeah. Totally. But I think, I mean, with the whole, 
like boom of vinyl to an extent. I think you still have the opportunity to make physical media too. And, you know, merch and different things like that. Has that also been something, you know? And then obviously the major, you know, stream of income for most people, which would be touring, which. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, those, all those things are definitely in the cards. Uh, and I plan on doing it at some point with the, you know, most likely once the, the album's released, um, actually, yeah, for sure. I'll, you know, start to get things going as far as touring or for sure, if nothing else, um, merch. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I think that those facets are, are fun and exciting challenges. Like, yeah, that are just awesome opportunities, you know, that I don't, I get excited about, you know, different ways to like be creative in those areas. Yeah. Is it something that you think, I mean, I don't know. Do you see yourself having to expand like your team? Are you going to have to hire like a tour manager and like uh, a merch team person or whatever, you know, like as you, you know, go more into having to tour and like make merch and like monetize the music that you're making, it's going to have to probably, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, already have like a manager for for music um and i I think she'd you know be open to touring um i'm kind of on the fence on that i think a huge part of what would you know knock me over for touring would be if it like already was lined up right you know i already saw that these places were gonna go and i had enough of that momentum and things were just really going well um but yeah i mean like as far as like the band and stuff like i know a bunch of people that i'd love to play but like you know, all the logistics of making that work is like a whole other factor, you know, and kind of like what you're saying, like wrangling it all in is definitely not easy. Um, but it's, it's potentially possible. Yeah. It's kind of hard to say right now. Yeah, for sure. And it, I mean, everything's so unpredictable right now. It's hard to right. yeah, make totally. any sort of interpretation of that, but you know, right now it's cool though. Right. I mean, just you're still in it to win it. Um, single comes out on Friday right yeah yeah it comes out uh the 29th um yeah i don't know when this uh, oh, you're gonna stream this over, but yeah may 29th yeah. uh you know my uh instagram's corbin randall just my name real easy um i feel like that's the best way to check it out i'm gonna be on you know the, the singles everywhere you know whatever you use apple soundcloud youtube spotify it's there um so yeah go ahead and reach out um yeah I'm, I'm super stoked i hope you enjoy it. let me know any thoughts like i'm super open to feedback and opinions and whatnot yeah man what about like advice for some people that are starting in music right now yeah that's a that's a great question um i feel like something that somebody told me that actually this other producer told me um is like always be a student like i feel like if you have that perspective to just always want to learn within the space of music, like it's just like never ending fun. You know, it's like, you're just learning, you know, new theory, you're learning new instruments, you know, you're using learning old equipment and just like the world is obviously so massive. And so it's just, it's just a great time. If you, if you have fun, just diving into it, you know, 
Thank you for tuning in and listening to the episode. For more from Corbin Randall, please go to Spotify and listen to his new single, On the Line. If you haven't noticed, our intro and our outro are both produced by him. So if you enjoy that, you're probably going to enjoy his music. He's very talented and a good friend of the show. So tune in. We'll see you guys next week.